0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, spinal stenosis today, and that's narrowing and degeneration. But I got to tell you that it is such a mistreated, mist um, diagnosed, horrible thing. But let's get into this because when we look at it, you, do you remember the old story? of uh, the, the Native American grandpa talking to the sun And he said, there's two wolves inside. Well, I'm going to change those names of the wolves inside. One is fear. The other is courage. Now, the way the Native American um, story went uh, was you, you had one evil and one good that were fighting out. And the one wolf that would win is the one that you fed. Well, this is the same thing, fear and courage. If you've been looking at the news or just walking around, you may be feeding that fear wolf. So let's change this because I want to empower you with the brilliance of your body. Now, in 1941, January, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, this is before the Pearl Harbor got bombed, said there's four freedoms. The first is the freedom of speech and expression. The second is the freedom of everyone to be able to worship God in his own way. The third is freedom from want. And the fourth is freedom from fear. We, we could really use that, <laughs> absolutely. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to bring up a couple of cases, um, particularly um, some very, very challenging ones. But the problem is, when you're looking at stenosis, how is it diagnosed? Um, how is it recognized? And I'm going to bring up this young athlete. She's 44. I mean, just, just solid, strong, everything. But she went and had the probably one of the most invasive surgeries you can have where they removed part of the bone and they put steel rods in. They also fused her, her neck in a couple of areas, but they, they fused it backwards. They didn't fuse it in the normal curve. So it's just one surgery mistake after another surgery mistake. But was the surgery even necessary? <laughs> i got to tell you, it's impossible, impossible to second guess something like this. Um, but without evidence of a significant trauma and knowing that the health of this individual, I, I don't think the surgery was necessary. <clears throat> but the problem with that is chronic pain based on the, the, the stenosis, which is just narrowing, can actually alter brain function. Why? Because not just does chronic pain have an abnormal, um, put you in a stress state, but it sends abnormal signals up to the brain to put you in that stress state. Now, think of this. Your, your cerebellum controls the frontal lobe, and the cerebellum is the little brain in the back. If you have altered motion, from stenosis or trauma or whatever, you're gonna have altered stimulation up into the brain. So, stenosis, and this is one of the major causes of back pain, neck pain, everything. uh, It really, you have to look at the overall picture. And it's complete, complete ignorance. If you have a doctor that's gonna shoot you, inject you, or drug you um, to decrease the symptoms without correcting the cause. Now, in the U.S., you're looking at over 200,000 cases a year from the spinal canal being narrowing. Now, according to the medical system, the symptoms are back pain, leg pain, um, buttock pain, numbness, weakness, abnormal walking, cramping, impaired bla- bowel or bladder control. So if, those, if that narrowing um, supplies the organ systems, you're talking a significant trauma or a significant altered function. Now, according to the medical world, and again, this is just mind-blowing that, that they would be this stupid. They call stenosis age-related wear and tear. They it affects mainly people over 60, but it happens when the amount of space available in the spine is reduced. And again, the medical opinion is overgrowth of bone, overgrowth of bone, such as osteoarthritis of bone spurs, herniated discs, ligaments of thickening in spinal injuries. I'm totally with them on the spinal injuries, but interesting though that degeneration and let's look at degenerative disc disease. Now, if it's degenerative disc disease, you might assume that it's from degeneration and it's a disease and it's uh, it's, it's <laughs> and that's it's a disease attack in the person. However, it's not osteoarthritis, arth means joint, itis means inflammation. The most common type is osteoarthritis, and that is from a trauma. So even though it's called joint inflammation, arth means joint, itis means inflammation, it is not. So that means that the bone spurs that, that develop are actually protecting the body. According to Kirkcaldy and Willis, and this is uh, the, the, one of the Bibles on, on, man, on biomechanics, Quote, degenerative changes do not appear unless the joint has been damaged by trauma. And many elderly joints prove to be just as strong in torsion and compression as younger ones. That's right, this is not something that happens as you age, it is from a trauma. So if you have an ignorant but well-meaning doctor saying that it's from age, no, fire him and find a doctor that that can check it. Now, stenosis is a mechanical problem. And when you look at this, osteoarthritis is the most common um, type of mechanical problem. And uh, so if you look at the the structures of a disc, a disc is 80 interconnecting rings of ligamentous tissue. And you can literally take a probe, which kind of looks like a pencil, and pass it through a bone pretty easy because bone's pretty porous. But you can't beat it into a disc with a hammer because that disc is tough. Now, the disc has a horrible blood supply because it's under, it's under a lot of compressive forces. The blood vessels would be co- compromised. So discs get their nutrients through movement. So here's the scenario. First, there's an alteration in movement. That causes an alteration in nutrients going to the disc. Now, that alteration of movement, is, if that is not corrected, then the disc is, starts to get compressed, and that creates instability. Now, the body, knowing that the spinal cord keeps the whole system alive, is going to stabilize that unstable spine by elongating and changing the bone. It's called Wolf's Law. Bone is laid down where it's needed, resorb where it's not. So the supposed degenerative changes are really a patient to some type of mechanical distortion, some type of trauma. Now, the only way to see if you can help this is you've got to get a stress x-ray. And this has to be a weight-bearing x-ray so you can bend the body in the direction, like if you're looking at the side view of the neck, you want that person looking up as high as you can to see if those joints are still mobile. If they're not mobile, your chance of helping them is very, very diminished. If they are mobile, uh, you can just about guarantee that you're going to be able to get some good positive results. So that stress x-rays are hugely important in identifying the problem. Now, MRIs are are a bummer because a lot of people will say, look, it's a disc bulge. I saw it on MRI. Well, the position of the MRI completely changes based on on what's happening with the body. See, when you're taking an x-ray, you take it weight-bearing. Most MRIs are done with you laying down. Now, if you're laying down <clears throat> you figure the normal human being, you've got the the table that you're laying on pushing back and gravity pushing down, so it's you're going to have abnormal readings plus inflammation can distort the image on an mRI so you have the inflammation and in the body position totally changing it. This is why most mRIs um, uh, if when they're doing an x ray if they have pain on the body and they're looking just the area where there's pain, and they find a disc injury, and this is pretty much the the scenario that that people go through, and then they operate on that, and then the pain is still there or it's somewhere else because they're not asking the quality questions like if there is a disc bulge, why? What are the other um, what are the other contributing factors? Was it past trauma? Is there some other reason for it? Is there a lateral deviation? If, if you're talking low back pain, could the entire torso have been shifted off because of some type of traumas in the past? Um, what you've got to look at, disc injuries are not the problem. They're a clue to a problem because nobody has a disc that just gets blown. Um, and you could talk about slipped disc, bulging disc, herniated disc. This takes a long time for this disc to be damaged. I mean, there could be a massive, massive impact, but human beings are really designed to take a lot of damage, and your body is self-healing and self-repairing. So it's really the disc discs are a phenomenal design, but it requires position, motion, and that motion allows nutrients to flow into the discs. So it's really the movement that keeps the discs healthy and that's, that's the key. Now if any of these discs gets compromised, it throws you into a fight or flight state and that's a stress state. Now knowing that you have an autonomic nervous system, one part keeps you alive under stress and that's called the sympathetic or fight or flight. The other is called rest, digest, or repair. Now that's, that's how your body regenerates. When you're in a sympathetic dominant or a stress state, that's when your body um, goes into survival mode, not regeneration mode. And typically with stenosis or after some type of trauma, there's going to be certain types of pain signals that put you in that fight-or-flight state. So typically you're going to be misdiagnosed with high blood pressure or misdiagnosed with um, um, type 2 diabetes or elevations in cholesterol, which are all stress responses, Now, if you're given the antacids, the high blood pressure drugs, the steroids, all of these things do not correct the problem. They they can negatively affect how your body regenerates because all of those drugs affect sleep. They affect your body's ability to regenerate. Now, when we look at what are the common uh, scenarios or therapeutic options, first, you get some type of symptom and you go to a doctor who's well-meaning but possibly very, very ignorant. Now, if they're just giving you a medication and they're saying, well, you're over 50, you know, it it happens when you age, fire that doctor because he's completely ignorant. I'm telling you, I've taken pictures of people in their 80s and there is not a stitch of arthritis in some of these people. And I've taken pictures of people in their 20s and I'm seeing some significant degeneration. So, it is from a trauma, not age. So now if you have somebody that's gonna say, well, let's give you a cortisone injection. Now, knowing it's from a trauma or there's gonna be a misalignment of the spine or altered biomechanics, do you think that injecting the area with the steroid will help correct the spine? No, okay, but it will, it will start to deteriorate the joint. This is why you can't do more than three of these injections because it damages the entire structures around. It deteriorates the cartilage, the bones, weakens the connective tissue. And according to the Mayo Clinic, steroid, in- quote, steroid injections don't work for everyone. And repeated steroid injections can weaken nearby bones and connective tissue. The, And then you can look at the surgery options. Well, we have laminectomy, laminotomy, uh, laminoplasty, All of these things are not correcting the altered mechanics. They're trying to correct the nerve impingement. Now, how popular is spinal surgery? Ridiculously popular. You're talking over 600,000 people a year each year in the U.S. go through it. Um, Over $600 billion a year. However, up to 40% experience post-operative complications. And the return to work rate after a year, a year later after spinal surgery, is about 15%. That means you get surgery after a year. You have about an 85% chance of not going back to work. And spinal surgeries have a 75 to 80% failure rate. Now that failure rate is based on not um, it's it's you're going to have to have certain criteria. Like if you have a criteria of a doctor that says, look, when we knock you out if we wake you up afterwards that was a successful surgery now that's going to happen around 95 to 98% of the time only 2 to f- or um, 2 to 5% of people that get knocked out can have some permanent damage so you know if your criteria is pain relief or going back to work then you're looking at the 75 to 80% failure rate <clears throat> quote from the Mayo Clinic Quote, some people's symptoms stay the same or get worse after surgery. Surgical risks include infection, a tear in the membrane that covers the spinal cord, a blood clot in the leg vein, and neurologic deterioration. There's a great book called Surgery, the Ultimate Placebo. Quote, there's very little evidence that spine fusion surgery for back pain is effective. It's very expensive. The implants alone often cost tens of thousands of dollars per case and often leads to complications requiring further surgery and associated with increased mortality and often does not even result in the spine being fused. Uh, When you look at uh, the Journal of Spine, uh, this is out of 2008. The title of the article is "Evidence of Informed Management of Chronic Low Back Pain with Surgery." Although there are multiple surgical options for the treatment of chronic low back pain, there is currently insufficient evidence on which to draw any firm conclusions as to the effectiveness of clinical outcomes. Lumbar fusion for common degenerative changes appear to offer limited relative benefits, if any, over intensive non-operative management. Isn't that something? And then there's another article out of 2011 from the Journal of Spine, uh, Long-Term Outcomes of Lumbar Fusion Among Workers, a historical cohort study. The chances of permanent disability increase over 500% with surgery compared to no surgery. Daily opioid use increases 41% after surgery, and 60, 76% of surgical patients continue to use opioids after surgery. Welcome to the opioid crisis. And I'm going to bring up a few um, patients, and uh, it will drive you crazy because you're looking at patients that when they put in, sometimes they'll put in steel rods, And they'll be able to leave the integrity of the bone in place and they'll just bolt the steel rods to the vertebrae. A lot of times though, they have to remove parts of the bone to get more mobility. And they're typically going to do what's called a laminectomy, which removes the spinous processes and some of the muscles that are connected to it. And that's that's a bummer because you realize that they can't go back in and fix that. Let's look at some of the other therapies that um, are recommended. Muscle relaxants and TENS don't work. Because think of this, what the typical person is going to do, you're going to go to the doctor, and typically it's going to be a medical doctor, not a chiropractor, an osteopath, or a naturopath or a homeopath. Now the medical doctor, they have drugs and surgery. They're not gonna, they might even suggest physical therapy. Now if you go to a physical therapist, What are they going to do? Electric stim. Well, here we go out of the Journal of Spine. Although electric modalities and physical agents are frequently used in the management of chronic low back pain, few studies were found to support their use. Um, Quote, TENS does not appear to have an impact on perceived disability or long-term pain. Then let's look at muscle relaxants. Quote, the studies did not provide evidence for long-term use of muscle relaxants in chronic low back pain. Muscle relaxants demonstrated more central nervous system side effects compared to placebos in all trials. A sudden discontinued chronic use of benzodiazepam uh, is associated with delirium tremors and abruptly discontinuing baclofen uh, muscle relaxants may also result in seizures. I know, that does not sound good. Uh, Then uh, they go on to state interferential current, no eligible studies were found which to base comparison recommendations. Electric muscle stim, again, quote, no eligible studies were found on which to base recommendations. Ultrasound, quote, no eligible studies were found on based recommendations for ultrasound. Hot packs or cold packs, no eligible studies were found on which to base recommendations. So, you know, it's like, hey, guys, Why not do something in science? How about we look at the body? How about we do stress x-rays and find out how the system is actually working? Yes, that's right. Discs are alive. Discs are alive. If you change the position and motion, the disc can regenerate. But you're going to be causing inflammation at the level of the disc. And inflammation is how the body regenerates. I mean, there's, there's it, this uh, surgery um, has caused so much damage, and is so common. They have a billing code called failed back surgery syndrome. And, uh, and here is Peter Ervich, an orthopedic surgeon. Quote: By far, the number one reason back surgeries are not effective, and some patients experience continued pain after surgery is because the lesion that was operated on is in not fact the cause of the patient's pain. Whoa, how's that? Do you know how that one works? It's called the MRI not being accurate. Isn't that something? I know. it. It kind of will drive you crazy, particularly when you start looking at, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. How can these doctors do this? Well, this is how you have to approach a human being. First, you've got to take an entire history. If somebody comes in with back pain, what we're looking at is not back pain. Okay, we're looking at a person who's under chronic stress. And then we're going to find out why the pain was there. Now, you might have a 50, 60-year-old patient in the office, and you're thinking, God, young person. This person's not even halfway there. They're supposed to go to 120. And I look in the mirror, that's what I'm looking at. Okay, the problem is this person, 50, 60 years old, or 20, 30 years old, may have fallen off a swing when they were 7 or 8. They may have had skateboarding injuries or snowboarding injuries or rock climbing injuries that were never really fully addressed. So when someone comes in with back pain radiating down the leg, you do not give them a drug to cover up the symptom. Anybody that thinks that's appropriate, by gosh, I'll give you enough data to show you that not only is that not based in science, you're doing harm. You figure if you take the standard non anti-inflammatory, and this is going to be Advil, Motrin, Aleve, or then you take something that is probably the deadliest drug in America, it's acetaminophen or Tylenol, which destroys the liver. But all of those drugs damage proteoglycan production, which is the building block of cartilage. So any doctor that gives you a pain reliever such as that um, has, is not familiar with how the body regenerates. Discs are alive. They get their nutrients through movement and position. And that movement creates an imbibition where that disc gets their nutrients from the system. The problem is when you're, when you're under stress, um, the blood gets thick. And it's hard for that blood to get into the system. And if you're not correcting the position and motion of the vertebrae from a past trauma, you're not going to restore the disc. And it's literally that simple. I know you're thinking it it can't be that simple, but it is. Now, I'm going to bring up case after case after case. But it's so vitally important that you look at how the system actually works. Um. In order to assess what spinal stenosis, where it comes from, look at other autonomic indicators. Like if you've had chronic low back pain, and that chronic low back pain has been treated with medications for years, like a good number of people, or you just suffer, or you treat it with ice, look at your feet. Because if you start to see your feet flattening out, you start to see bunion formation, you start to see your big toe leaning towards the other toes, that means that your pelvis is unstable and the nerves to the feet are compromised. The pelvis is always perfect. It never breaks down or wears out unless there's a disc injury in the low back or you've had a direct pelvic trauma. A pelvic trauma could be falling on your butt, it could be something. So if you're looking at someone with chronic low back pain and you're a doctor, Okay, you've got to take a standing, weight-bearing stress x-ray. So this person is standing up, you take a picture. Then they bend off to the side and you take a picture. Bend off to the other side and you take a picture. And then you've got to look at the rib cage area. Because if the rib cage is laterally deviated one side or the other, that's going to be a contributing factor. Why surgeons don't look at the whole picture um, is criminal. It should be standard protocol. And if you are, have a doctor that's prescribing a nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory, and think of these drugs. Not only did they destroy the building block of cartilage, but according to the Archives of Internal Medicine, there's a tenfold increase of congestive heart failure if you take a non anti-inflammatory. And we're talking Advil, Motrin, Aleve, ibuprofen, all of those. So it, it's just mind-blowingly stupid. Look at how the structures are. Um, And also, look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. So what are the real causes of spinal stenosis? The most common, degenerative disc disease or osteoarthritis. And what is that from? That is from a trauma. So what is the solution of that? You reverse the arthritis. We've got, I wrote a book on it. We've got tons of uh, videos on it. You can, you've got to restore the position, motion, and nutrients and get the person out of stress. If you have a herniated disc, regenerate and restore that disc and this is hugely important. You've got to distract that joint allow nutrients to get in, but you have to change how the brain views that. You have to change proprioception. Thickening of ligaments, let me tell you, if you restore position and motion, the ligaments are going to start to get healthier. See, what happens is a ligament is extremely expensive material. It takes a lot of amino acids to build that because you've got something strong and flexible. <clears throat> if you have altered motion on there, you don't really need a lot of flexibility. So the body is going to thicken it up and reduce its flexibility. You'll even see it start to fuse, and that's called ossification of the ligament. And this means that you have to change the tension on the ligaments, the force loading on the ligaments, so the ligaments can start to get their healthy nutrients. And then you have cells that will break down the abnormal structures. They'll break down um, abnormally placed. They're called macrophages, which are big eaters. And this is why, if you've ever gotten a bruise, that the blood that's underneath the skin goes away. And these macrophages go in there, chew up the blood proteins from a bruise, puts it back in the lymph system, and so the proteins can be reutilized. And spinal, uh, spinal injuries. So the causes of spinal stenosis, arthritis, herniated disc, ligaments thickening, and spinal injuries. What is? And I know I said arthritis and spinal injuries, which are the same, but the solution is, makes so much sense. You find the problem and fix it. And I've done a number of cases um, on, you know, people that have had challenges and and my approach to it. But look at anti-inflammatories that you can get because I don't want you in pain. But it's foolishness to stop inflammation when inflammation is how the body heals. So look at omega-3s as a natural pain reliever. Um, Indian frankincense is fantastic. Uh, curcumin, cayenne cream is great. Uh, devil's claw is, is fantastic. Uh, vitamin D is great for pain reduction mechanisms, but it also helps heal. Uh, ginger, brom- bromelain, uh, fantastic from pineapple. And so when you look at the physical, chemical, emotional stress, uh, know that your body needs to sleep. And that's, that's why every time we do a, a health talk, uh, we put the five keys to health. And what are the five keys to health? you got to have proper nerve supply. You have to have regular exercise, proper nutrition, sufficient rest, and prayer and meditation. It seems too simple, but we got to get that. Now, all of these, we're going to do a live version tonight, and the version should be out um, on YouTube by the end of the week. Uh, Their social media is censoring a lot of platforms, and so we do have secondary areas that we have the stuff soared on BitChute, which I totally recommend. Our channel is John Bergman. Uh, we also have Extreme Health Academy. And that one you get a couple of weeks free. Uh, just type in Bergman14. And uh, John B. Cairo, uh, or actually drjohnbergman.com is also one of, one of our sites. And we've got a lot of videos on there just, man, get to it. Also, with the changes coming up, um, there are going to be a lot of forced medical procedures, so I recommend you go to M-A-M-M dot O-R-G, M-A-M-M dot O-R-G, that's Millions Against Medical Mandates, so that you can maintain the integrity of your own body, and you can be the one to decide, not the government, to decide on what type of health care you get. <sighs> There's Dr. John Bergman talking from the craziest world in, in their universe. Um, you're advocate for health because your body is self-healing and self-regulating. And symptoms are only there for a reason. Okay, and if you go after the reason, body can regenerate. It really can. Um, <laughs> God bless you. I love you. And the solution is there. Your body is Always regenerating. As long as you're breathing, you're building. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.